it in your eyes Take me out to cafe binge tonight Be the beauty, sense the beauty everywhere worldwide Take me out to cafe binge tonight Hello everyone and welcome to the Cafe Binge podcast I am so happy you're here today because I have such a fun guest on the show today you guys and we are talking about really fun things as soon as I heard about Val Lyons from one of my friends I knew I had to talk to her I knew it and so I called her up that day and I just scheduled the time to go and talk with her and I went over on a Friday and we talked for hours and I loved her and I loved her message and I knew that it was one that I wanted all of you to hear because Val talks about real things and I want the podcast to be a space where we talk about real things, things that desperately need talking about, things that matter, things that affect us so profoundly. So Val Lyons is the sex guru, you guys, she is. I've never met anyone who's so comfortable talking about sex and everything related to sex. And she's so comfortable talking about all things. I really loved when I talked to her. I felt like I could ask her anything in the whole world, any question, and she wouldn't bat an eye. She was so comfortable and any question, any topic was totally safe to talk through. She's so comfortable talking to young adults because she has daughters. She's used to talking to young women about issues and sex and intimacy. So I wanted her on the show because I feel like our moms are so great. Every mom has a specialty, right? Every mom has something they're really proficient in or great to talk about with. But it's a little common for not all moms to be as comfortable talking about sex. And if my mom is listening right now, I love you so much. I love you so much. But we didn't talk about sex a ton. So for today's episode, Val Lyons is all of our moms, okay? She's a mom to every single one of us. And she is going to tell us the eight things your mama never told you about sex. I'm so excited for you guys to listen. I'm so excited for you guys to meet Val. Let's get to the show. Okay. Hi, Val. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, for everyone listening, I heard about Val from a friend and I'm pretty sure that day I called her and said, when can I come over and talk to you about sex? Because my friend told me she's the ultimate sex guru, which is just evidence that I think so many people have questions about sex that don't go answered. I called you that day and I think I came over a few days later yeah, or something. Yeah, it was something. so fun. I'm glad you did. It was great. And that's funny. That's the, that my name comes up with that topic. I love it. I love it too. I love it. That makes so me happy. I actually have a question. So uh -huh. why, why sex? Like, why do you feel like you're a sex guru or well, I, where did that, I'm, I'm calling you the sex guru. Okay, you don't yes, have to call, I don't call myself that for <laughs> sure. But, um, I think it's because I, um, 
have experienced this just wonderful, joyful sex relationship with my husband that's been a wonderful emotional connection that people always comment on. They say, how do you do this? How did this happen? And, and I thought, oh, I really thought about it. And I'm thinking, you know what? This isn't arbitrary. It wasn't just, whoa, lucky us. It really was something that we created. Mm -hmm. And so I probably will clarify that I have been married for 31 years, mm -hmm. that I married my high school sweetheart, mm -hmm. and that we dated for seven years before we were married. <laughs> and so, so we've been together for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so what I, I really feel like proud of, I guess, is what we've created. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people think, you know, sex... Wonderful, joyful sex is only for the newly in love, the honeymoon stage. Right, those and first two years of marriage, and then it's, you know. Yeah, and then monogamy just becomes equated with monotony. And mm -hmm. so I just, I just don't think that's right, and I don't think it's true, but I also think that it's a conscious effort and that we have figured some things out and we're still figuring things out and it's wonderful. Which I so. love. And honestly, what I loved when I came to talk to you is that I had never met you before, but like you were so like, it was so comfortable to be around you and talk to you about it. And I think it's just that nothing was off the table. Like I could ask you, I felt like I could ask you any question about sex and it was like, like I love my mom so much, but it was like the mom I didn't have because it was it was awkward to talk to my mom growing up about sex because I feel like if you're raised in an environment or a community where sex is kind of shamed or or just not talked about and like every time a sex scene comes on TV, everyone's like grabbing the remote and you yeah. know it's like we don't we don't go there so it's mm -hmm. you can't go from that to just all of a sudden being so comfortable talking to your mom about sex. So what I loved is when we talked, it was so comfortable and it was like the mom that I didn't have to talk to about oh, sex. Oh, that is so, so nice <laughs> to say. I'm so flattered because, um, well, it just was so natural. It was so wonderful visiting with you and getting to know you and I felt so comfortable. Well, just, I loved you know, it. It was great. Well, it was I loved great. it. So and thanks for that. Well, you're compliment. welcome. But I just kept thinking like your message is one that girls need to hear. And so I feel like everyone needs the mom that they didn't have, which is why I wanted you on the podcast. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so you're going to share the eight things your mama never told you about sex, right? Well, not necessarily my mom, because my mom was pretty great, even though... She talked she, about it, right? She, yeah, we did talk about sex, not a lot, but she was not... Um, she kind of gave me permission mm -hmm. to kind of be okay with being creative with sex. And I'll just, I told you this story when we yeah. did it. But, so my mom is very conservative. Mm -hmm. Very religious. Very religious. Mm -hmm. And she is, um, but, but one thing I love about my mom, that she gave me the freedom to, to love sex because I would, she would tell us stories. And I remember one time, just as kind of a nosy teenager and I would find Polaroids because you, you know, you got to kind of figure out my mm -hmm. age. I told you how long we were married, but so we're talking legit Polaroid uh -huh. of my mom and she had, it was just her. I hope, I hope she doesn't hear this because I don't know if she, she will She doesn't know about podcasts, I don't think. <laughs> just, I don't even I know if she knew that I found this, but there's a cute picture. She had those little sticky bows uh -huh. at Christmas time, just on her breast and it, right over in her, her privates. <laughs> 
And I'm like, whoa, we can do this. It was just kind of a little bit of permission, mm-hmm. a little cute story. You've never told her that you found those? No, I don't think I ever did. But That's I think funny. just seeing that, you're her. like, it can be playful and fun. It and... can be playful and fun. And I remember when she told us, and we were, I think we were probably newly married, but this time where she got this blonde wig uh-huh. and she, um, you know, just, anyway, she just would tell us stories like mm-hmm. that. And they always made a big deal about anniversaries that mm-hmm. they would go away. And, yeah. and, you know, we knew why they were going away. It, it just gave me permission. I think that mm-hmm. was the very first thing from a very young age and then of course I think the other thing was uh just being in a relationship really young Mm -hmm. where and I also come from a conservative like I say I'm from a conservative religious background and so um we were trying to abstain from having sex before we got married but we dated a long time yeah and so we figured out a lot of creative foreplay (laughs) Uh and we learned how to talk to each other Mm -hmm. and so I think that is also one of the the things that I learned young and early and so I'm grateful. Do you remember, I just had this question, do you remember your mom talking to you about sex like when you were younger and kind Mm -hmm. of explaining it or like was it always, you were always able to talk about it or was it just mostly from their example? It was, no we had the talk and Mm then my mom would leave these uh kind of encyclopedia books outside in the library outside of our bedroom doors and I thought did you know you left those she said of course I did I did that on purpose I wanted you to explore and mm-hmm. and to and to to learn about those things right. on your own as well right. and so that you felt comfortable so well props to your mom yeah, I like that yeah, I like that so approach grateful. super grateful for that because that wasn't really common no it, know, and it's still ago. not common mm-hmm. even now not that long ago, you know, like yeah. I just don't think it's that common to talk so openly about it. And yeah. I think we just do ourselves a disservice by, you know, mm-hmm. having things unsaid or untalked about and kind of questions that are, you know, not on the table. Yeah, exactly. I, I believe it because I think we're missing out on, you know, wonderful opportunity and wonderful gift if we're just not addressing it and if we have issues and we're afraid to ask for help Mm -hmm. and we're afraid to ask for tips from somebody who's you know had lots of practice yeah so let's hear it (laughs) I want to hear okay I did want to make this clarification first of all let's do it and that was that I have five daughters and so we I've had lots of opportunity to talk with young people Mm -hmm. and with my daughters and I feel a lot of sense of pride with kind of how they've turned out Mm -hmm. they're all um they're all 20 something four married I have one teenager Mm -hmm. and so I'm kind of getting the fruits of my efforts because I think they're doing awesome in their sex lives Mm -hmm. and so that makes me feel really happy I'm happy for that and I think that's another reason I wanted you on is because you do you have the evidence of having these daughters who are comfortable and you know, mm-hmm. and are have a healthy sex life and mm-hmm. are okay to talk about it and ask questions. I after I talked to you last time and I was like, I want you on the podcast. Um, I think I was I was talking to one of your daughters on Instagram, just like uh-huh. direct messaging, and I had said I'm gonna have your mom on the podcast, and she's like, Are you guys Are you gonna talk about sex? I'm like, 100. <laughs> percent Like I love that she just knew that. Oh so, yeah. yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I love that. Well, I probably should clarify that I, I am not a certified sex therapist and that my but I, I study a lot, I read a lot, mm-hmm. I have um, 
you know, and I have lots of my own experience, but I just want to also clarify that my experience is a long-term monogamous mm-hmm. relationship in a heterosexual relationship. And so um, if I say anything that seems exclusive, it's just out of my personal yes, perspective yeah. mm-hmm. and, and not out it's of... through your lens. It's through my lens. And adjust exactly. accordingly. That's yeah. right, exactly. Because <laughs> everything I say will apply to whatever your... Mm-hmm. your circumstances so. right okay so I do you want me to go ahead and start yes okay. I love it so the first thing that I thought of and I was going to use the word tips but then I thought man this is way bigger than a tip right but this is my first and foremost thought when it comes to creating a joyful um, and exciting sexual relationship you really have to have love mm-hmm. and so and I'm not talking about your partner so much as I'm talking about you have to have love of your own self right because when you feel self-love you're not trying to seek it mm-hmm. from someone else you're not trying to always get validated mm-hmm. even by the person that you love dearly they're not going to always know when you need validation because right. they can't read your mind mm-hmm. and sometimes our expectations of validations are high and so we have to we have to love ourselves and it seems a little bit cliche, but I really think it's a secret because my daughters and I were talking, you know, we need to, we need to have confidence mm-hmm. um, with sex. And I'm like, you know, the only way you can feel confident is if you love yourself. Right. And if you love the body that you're in. Right. And so I kind of just... And it's kind of that idea mm-hmm. too of like filling your own cup, right? Like mm-hmm. filling your own cup with love and then it, it like, it overflows and you're able to love better does that make sense Mm -hmm. because you're not yeah you're not seeking this validation it's like you already have all of this love and confidence and then you know it's like you can't give love that you don't have for yourself I feel like it's that idea right sense you can't even you can't love Mm -hmm. without without loving yourself yeah without knowing exactly Mm -hmm. that's exactly right it will always be like conditional and Mm -hmm. yeah and so you so sometimes that's harder than others sometimes there's a lot more obstacles that you've you know, your life is maybe beating you down a little bit and you're not feeling the love of yourself. And so that's something to recognize and maybe work through. But I kind of also want to focus on body image mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a real obstacle when it comes to people wanting to have sex. Like they, they feel like they're not the ideal mm-hmm. body image, so they're not sexy mm-hmm. or something. They had thoughts, they have the thoughts that this, that I should look a different way. Yeah that um, this isn't sexy or whatever. And right. so, or I'm not sexy. I'm not attractive. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real break for for really good sex if mm-hmm. you're kind of concerned about body image. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you practice self-love. And I think, you know, it's nice for me to say this, but how do we do that? Mm-hmm. So ideas that I would have would be, um, I mean, really just, just strip down as far down as you're comfortable with in front of a full-length mirror and look at yourself Mm -hmm. and look at the things you love about yourself Mm -hmm. don't judge yourself um and and even if you can only start with a few things that you love great and then every day build and build because remember your body is just it's an amazing it's an amazing gift and we don't don't give it love we don't appreciate Mm -hmm. it and I think the more we let go of the thoughts that have been put in our heads. Mm-hmm. 
by ourselves that we're that we're validating are are just hurting our bodies and and our bodies have been so good to us you know right so. i think yeah i think something going along with that so i remember going to france uh-huh. and spending time in paris right and everyone always talks about like parisian women and how they're so like just like sexy and just you know like it's like such a like a love mm-hmm country right Mm -hmm. in a city of love but I just remember it being really refreshing because it kind of I don't know it like a lot of them it's not like it's not like the American ideal of beauty like a lot of them are like more flat chested or you know but they like were they didn't they didn't fill that stereotypical like sexy image but like they were and they were so confident and so I think it's I like how I don't know, like that image of being beautiful and sexy and whatever. It doesn't have to look a certain way, you know? Like, no. It can be curvier or thinner or whatever, you know? Well, it's whatever it's you are. It's all beautiful right? and unique, yeah. Right, but we have allowed this, uh, basically this world, this environment that we live in to mm-hmm. tell us what is sexy. Yeah. And we're, like you say, we're believing it mm-hmm. instead of, instead of, finding your own sexy and that kind of is going on to another tip that I have that so we'll go into this a little bit more but I just want to tell this story about loving yourself that it happened yesterday yes so I went to power hour with with my one of my daughters and Mm -hmm. her two little boys because the little kids can run around in the field house while yeah while we do our circuit training and Uh and at the end um this little five-year-old he must have been five comes running up to my little five-year-old grandson and he has this picture and he opens up this picture and he goes look at my picture and it's Uh this little car and my grandson's just you know that's cool and he folds up his picture and he runs away just happy as could be and is confident in his picture that he drew and Uh my little grandson was visiting so it's not a little friend that he had I looked at that with such wonder because I thought, you know, that's how we used to be and 100%. we used to feel. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the line, we, you know, got little messages that we started to believe that mm-hmm. said, you know, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not wonderful and we're not amazing and we've got to let go of those thoughts and look at ourselves with love. And when we believe, when we have those positive affirmations, I love myself exactly the way I am mm-hmm. or... I am sexy, mm-hmm. and then we believe it. It will be who we are, right? So, and I think sometimes people get confused because they think that loving yourself is this like egotistical thing, and it's not that. I just feel like if you like like pure like love, it's like if you taint that, it's not love anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like rooted in something else. But like pure love, it's like you know. I just feel like mm-hmm. it's not. It's not selfish. It's not. Like it's the one of the greatest gifts you could give yourself, don't you think? It is. Well, it's really the essence of ourselves. Yeah. Like I say, this little example of this little boy. Mm-hmm. We we were born loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. We we weren't. We looked at our bodies with wonder and joy, and we jumped and we did. You know, we did yeah. stuff that we probably shouldn't have because we didn't give ourselves limits. Mm-hmm. And so that is the essence of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to do is try and get that back because right. we have we have given that up. We've mm-hmm. given it away. Mm-hmm. And so we want to take that essence back. And, right. and so there's nothing cocky or conceited no. about that. And I feel like anytime it's cocky, it's because you're looking for validation, right? Right. Like it's like, but if, if that's not there, it's just like, 
you know, love and praise Mm -hmm. and and confidence and and loving others as well, you know? Exactly. It's when when we have that when we're looking for validation, it's because we're lacking and we're trying right. to fill our ego instead of just saying, you know. Right. So that's a pretty deep and heavy one, but it's, but it's a good start. True. It's, it's true. It's true. It has to start there. Wait, I do have a question. And maybe uh-huh. if you're going to cover this later, just tell me and we okay. don't have to talk about it right now. But because we have this conditioning that we think we need to look a different way or a certain way, mm-hmm. And maybe that's ourselves, but I think it's just also society and the media and everything. And because like men or just partners also see that, like they can, they can kind of become conditioned that way. But I'm just wondering, do you think just the essence of like a woman feeling confident and like loving herself is sexy to a man? Or like what if the man has these expectations for how they need to look? Does that make sense? Uh, no, that's Or do you, or do you feel true. like a man will just by your confidence it's like that's sexy it doesn't matter how you look you know I think I think that's such a great question because what I think is when we think a guy's not going to buy that that sexy self that we Mm -hmm. have found that Mm -hmm. we really is our true genuine sexy self that that's a thought that we have put into ourselves right that we say I don't think he's going to find this sexy I'm still not sexy enough and a man who loves you mm-hmm. is going to love your true sexy, totally. your real genuine sexy, because totally. that's going to be real. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be forced. It's not going to be unnatural. Mm-hmm. And maybe we think that men have been conditioned so much and we're not giving them any credit right? that they can love you in a, in a genuine way for who you are and they don't need all of this imagery that they have been exposed to totally. to say that is sexy. Totally. And so I think that's a thought that we've put in our head mm-hmm. that men want us to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think that the true man in your life right wants you to be exactly who you are and, and the man you, you would be. want, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like Yeah. But don't hold that back because you think this isn't what he wants mm-hmm. because you're the one who's missing out on the pleasure and the joy and the the freedom of being who you are and and so is he if you deny that right right so good question thank you for asking I mean thank you for answering that okay next okay so number two a little easier this one I think these aren't probably quite the ideas that you were thinking I have no but there I just I just have thought so deeply on this but number two is breathe Mm -hmm. so breath is one of our greatest sources mm-hmm. of energy and yes. sometimes we forget to breathe mm-hmm. and we notice that we can change how we feel by ch- by changing our breath mm-hmm. so if you I mean if you remember of times when you have felt um, a lot of stress or mm-hmm. anxiety you just you kind hold of instinctively your mm-hmm. will hold your breath or mm-hmm. you'll just take a deep breath to change the feeling mm-hmm. of anxiety so breath is really powerful, mm-hmm. and when we notice our breath, I think we can feel more. We can feel more, period. Okay. And so when we're breathing and we're feeling more, that's a good thing when mm-hmm. it comes to sex, right? Yes. And so I would recommend just noticing your breath when you're being intimate, mm-hmm. 
And when you're when you're noticing your breath, you're also not thinking. Mm-hmm. So this becomes more of a mindful, a, right? A, a way to be more mindful. Mm-hmm. And so um, that would be something I would kind of suggest you do. Another fun thing is is while you're being intimate, you notice your partner's breath and mm-hmm. just try and match it. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of this rhythm that yeah. you feel and an mm-hmm. energy and a connection that you feel yeah I love that that synchronicity yeah so that's a really good breathe. tip so I love that because it's true like I meditate every day mm-hmm. and like I'll go to group meditations and I'll do breath work you know with like a guide or whatever and I never thought to take that into like intimacy in a sex life and everything mm-hmm. like that but it yeah. makes sense you know like why wouldn't something that's so you yeah. know important right right you Mm -hmm. can it's super sexy and and you really you're really in the moment when you are focusing on breath right for a moment you don't want to just focus on that right (laughs) so that's number two i love it okay so number three is another way to help you engage in pleasure or learn how to to engage in pleasure and that would be uh, be aware of your five senses okay so, if you can take pleasure in the simple things mm-hmm. of touch, um, just texture, of being aware of cold and warmth, you know, just when you're sitting in a bathtub, just mm-hmm. just kind of feel. As a matter of fact, I kind of like to do cold baths mm-hmm. and just that sensation mm-hmm. of just something as simple I do as cold that. showers, do not you? cold baths. Yeah. That's really brave of you. I'll do a cold shower. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that every morning. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a way to engage your senses. Of course, taste is an easy one to mm-hmm. feel pleasure, but really enjoy. And really be enjoy there. Enjoy the, the sense. Yeah, it. like mm-hmm. just... When you take a bite of chocolate, just let like it melt. Savor. Yeah, almost mm-hmm. be sensual with your chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you give yourself permission and you get in the habit of enjoying your five senses, mm-hmm. then you are more easily able to enjoy the pleasure of sex because mm-hmm. you have trained yourself to do that. You've stopped. You're more present. Which I love that it's also bringing it back to just mindfulness, you know, mm-hmm. in the moment, like stay in the moment. Yeah. That What's happening in theme. this moment. I love it. I love it. Let's keep going with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Sex is better when you're mindful mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So another one that my daughters wanted to make sure that I mentioned I was lube. Okay. Let's talk about <laughs> We're it. We're going to go straight from five senses to lube. Let's get Let, there. Right. I love this. Okay. There's nothing off the table. Let's okay, do it. yep. So lube is not for function, it's for fun. Okay. And I think that it just adds to the fun. And I have one daughter who told me this story. She is, you know, she's a little bit open. Yeah. She's my daughter. I and love she that. was mentioning her favorite lube. Mm-hmm. And her friend said to her, she kind of got lube shamed. <laughs> her friend said to her, why do you need lube? Does your husband not do it for you? Blah, blah. And she's like, whoa, wait a Whoa, minute. yeah. And so I don't know if there's a stigma, I guess, maybe for younger people that lube is an older woman's deal. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you think that, you are totally missing out. Okay. And so, so the more lube, the better on both parts, on all partners. Okay. Do you have maybe, I don't know, do you have a favorite or yeah. like... Can I you do. tell us? Yeah, I do. I, um, my favorite 
is, uh, well, you know, let me explain because there's different kinds okay. of lubes. Let's do it. So first of all, we've got water-based lubes, mm -hmm. which are great because they're easy cleanup. Mm -hmm. They're uh, usually can be flavored. I mean, they can be flavored. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're sweeter mm -hmm. um, if that's something that's important to you. And so water-based is good also because it's safe to use with latex condoms. There's mm -hmm. no breaking down. Mm -hmm. There's no fear of having that breakdown. And also with toys. It's okay. safe to use with toys and easy cleanup. Mm -hmm. So that is one. Mm -hmm. Silicone is uh, obviously made with silicone. And it has a more silky feel. Okay. And because it has silicone, it... It lasts longer. I think water-based lubes... You dry okay, up? Okay, I have to clarify this. Okay. <laughs> I have done lube tests. <laughs> yes, this is why I love you. So I have purchased... I have Googled top 10 lubes, mm -hmm. and then I Googled top 10 lubes again, mm -hmm. and tried a lot of the mm -hmm. different top 10 lubes. And so when I do finally tell you my favorites, you'll know that they are tested. <laughs> I love that. You've done the legwork. Yeah, I have done the legwork on this. So when you use silicone, you don't have to reapply it. Is It just, it just mm -hmm. lasts longer. So if you want to have longer sex, longer masturbation, this is what you want to use. Okay, silicone. Right. And, and with water-based, it kind of after a little while will get sticky. Sticky. Sometimes mm -hmm. they have even, you know sugar okay um and so they do get sticky and so i'm not a fan mm -hmm. of of water base as much as i am of silicone they also actually have less product in it if you can believe it so they're more hypoallergenic the silicone, silicone? Mm -hmm. okay there's more additives in the water base generally interesting mm -hmm. i mean it Which makes sense it's, it's a, that surprised me that fact because you feel like water more natural yeah silicone. but it's like how do you like how do you uh, like there's so many, like you can't just put water, you know, you have to add things like emulsifiers and, you know, it's like mm -hmm. there's so many like chemicals you have to add to make that water exactly. spreadable and like yeah. a substance. So yeah, I guess it makes true. sense. Whereas like silicone is silicone, silicone. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. And you know, the disadvantage are, is you don't, I mean, they're safe to use with, with latex condoms, uh -huh. but not with silicone toys. Okay. So if you use silicone toys, they'll start to be sticky and gooey. And okay. So Just kind of You want to use water base if you're using silicone. Toys. Okay. If you're using other kind of toys that aren't so sensitive, mm -hmm. then I, I still would recommend silicone. Okay. The disadvantages of silicone are, it's not just going to wash off without a little bit of soap. Okay. So you need a shower after. You, well, both. You need to shower right. after, but it's, you know, water base is usually, no, you don't need to shower after. So I take that back. But when you want to shower, you will feel the silicone and you're going to want to use soap to kind of get rid of okay. that feeling. So that was one of the disadvantages of that. And then there are oil-based lubes. Okay. Which I haven't had as much experience with, but my kids have told me that's their favorite. So it's more natural. Mm -hmm. They have a natural it's like flavor. coconut like oil. Coconut oil. Okay. Yeah, and uh, they but you can't use those with latex at all because okay. they will break, break down. It down. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing, to, and a little bit harder for cleaning toys. And honestly, the only reason I haven't really gotten into those is 
I just can't trust that they're not going to wreck my nice, expensive thread count sheets. Uh-huh. It's sheets. true. You don't want oil spots on there. <laughs> no, and I don't. They they tell me they don't. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to put that out there that, that as a, maybe a disclaimer, I don't know. Okay. But my kids say it seems to be okay. Okay. So, but let me tell you my favorite. Yes. Okay. I love <laughs> the brand Sliquid. Sliquid. Mm-hmm. Where do you get it? Just is this all Actually, online? Actually, you know what? You can get it online. But I, the first time I bought it, I got it at the sex store in Salt Lake. What sex store? It the blue 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 tea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just went in <laughs> I there. I tried that, and they have all varieties: water based, silicone based. So most of the time, you know, they all will make the different kinds. So you just right. have to decide what you like. Uh, I also like the Astroglide mm-hmm. gels. They are something you can get at your grocery store. Okay. They're cheaper than this liquid. This liquid's out of Germany. It's a little more expensive. Ooh, I love that it's but German. it's really nice. It's exotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, the one that is the natural oil is called Woo More Play. Woo, is that the ones your daughters love? That's the ones my daughters have told okay. me. Woo More Play. Woo More Play. Okay. So... There you go. Okay. I love that. Tried and true. I love that. Thanks for telling us. So. Letting us in on that. Yeah. All right. Number five, I have own your own sexual flow. Okay. I think we've talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. To find your own sexy, to uh, practice positive affirmations, Mm -hmm. to adopt new truths about yourselves Mm -hmm. that the world isn't making you believe or that you're not letting those thoughts in your head that says this is how I should look so I think we've covered that one pretty but well. also kind of when you were saying that like owning or just believing different truths about yourself I think mm-hmm. one that is surprisingly still present in today's society is that women can be sexual right like that it's okay that it's okay to want sex that it's okay to be a sexual being right like mm-hmm. I feel like we give men a pass at that. We're like, oh, like they're like they're so into sex and like locker room talk, and it's okay for them to be kind of like mm-hmm. crude and into sex. But like a girl, if she's interested in that, I think it's often shamed of like using like harsh words like slut or skank or like you're showing cleavage or whatever, right? Like I just feel like, and that doesn't have to mean that doesn't have to all equate with wanting sex. I just feel like sometimes. Especially in the community I was raised in, it was like, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. Like, you got married, have sex now. Like, please Whoa, your husband. Yeah. yeah, just like. And, and now you've got to know exactly what to do. Exactly. And we weren't going to talk like, to you about no. it. Like, no. don't even look at totally that, but it's like, now you're sexual. So it's just like, it's this weird, like, teeter-totter where you're like, whoa, I, I like, was taught to not even like this or want this or that it was bad, but like, now it's like a good thing. And, you know, so I think just relearning those truths about yourself that like you can love sex you can be confident and a sexual being and like you're sexual because you're a human you know like it's how we were wired and it's how we were built and I feel like it's such a limiting belief to think that men are into it and girls aren't I feel like when um before I got married or just all growing up my friends would always say like oh like my husband always wants to have it way more than I do. And like, you just have to kind of do it. And you know, but I'm, uh-huh. I'm like, that's, that doesn't do either of you any good, you know, like no. it's okay. No. But then, um, in the opposite end, what if you want sex more than your husband and right. all of a sudden you think there's something wrong with you? Right. And that 
happens. Right. Because we've set these little, this is how exactly. it is. Exactly. Like, you're my husband. So, Why don't you want to have it more than right? I do? Right. And like, so I then your husband feels broken or mm-hmm. you feel like you're oversexed, which right. can't be good, can't mm-hmm. be right, which would be awesome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> In reality, for both of you. But there are these these ideas that have been put into our head, for sure. And I think more of, of the idea of all of a sudden we got to go from from non-sexual to sexual right. is that a lot of times for women who are in that situation think that sex is for their partner. Right. And that's what they've got to be good at it for their partner. Mm-hmm. And so sex, they want to be a good partner, a good sex partner, mm-hmm. but they're not doing it for themselves. It's like a performance. It's a performance. Mm-hmm. It is a gift. It is, I'm doing this for you instead mm-hmm. of saying, you know what? I deserve and want the pleasure as much as you do. Right. And I, you know, so I'm doing this for me. Right. As well as for you. Not in a selfish way, Mm -hmm. but in a way that says that I can't hold this against you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to withhold this from you because this is all about me giving to you. Right. Instead of saying, this is what I want. Totally. Also. Totally. And that is a huge game changer. Okay. If you can shift that mindset to say this is this is as pleasurable for me as it is for you. And you're just co-creating mm-hmm. together, you know? Exactly. And and I promise you, your partner isn't going to be disappointed in that attitude. Right. right? They're gonna be like, yes. <laughs> you're into this, yeah. And then it's not a leverage anymore. Right. It's not something as used against Which you. Which is like sad. It's mm-hmm. sad that it is a leverage. Do you think that's you know? a truth? I think so. Yeah, I think it is that people, they use it as a tool and they, Mm -hmm. yeah, they withhold it and you know, it's right. And I'm, I'm going to say that it's not just in the conservative religious community that you have this problem. I think it's like this in America. You go from, you know, sex is dangerous. You can get STIs, you can get pregnant, Pregnant. you can get hurt Mm -hmm. physically. You know, it's a dangerous thing. So you've got... You've got medical reasons mm-hmm. to avoid sex. You've been told this. You've been told this. And then you've got the moral reasons. Mm-hmm. It's shameful. We, we need to repress our sexuality. Um, it's dirty. Those kinds of things that we've heard. And then we've got the media messages that are saying, oh, by the way, you should be a sex goddess when you reach a certain age. And right. you should know all of the awesome tricks and techniques to be the sex goddess, right. there's a huge gap right. right, between these messages and the messages that we're bombarded with in media, music, and all of that. Yes. And so that's why I guess I feel so passionate about saying, look at this is wonderful, and we can really screw ourselves up if totally. we don't talk about this in a healthy way, mm-hmm. and we don't own our own sexuality, because then we're going to start to do things that we don't feel... I mean, we could be pressured into doing things that make us feel really not good about ourselves right. that we don't want to do. Right. Because it's kind of what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's what some messages. But I, and I think it's okay too to mention that like it's okay to be a sexual being, but if you don't want to do it, don't do it, right? Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Like if you don't like I feel like I, I kept hearing this just kind of creepy message that like even if you don't want to, like it's like so good for the husband and for you. And so where did you get that message? You'll be so oh. happy. I know, right? <laughs> That's a bad Well, yes. I'm going to say it was from church, you know? Like, okay, okay. I'm gonna, wow. Yeah, I'm going to say it was in a, um, I mean, I'll just say it was in a bishop interview. Like it was before I got married. 
which was and it was creepy at the time when he told me that and I was so he, tell me again what he said he, he said, said women don't want to have sex as much but it's wow. a, but it's a gift you'll give your husband oh, wow. so don't ever use it against him <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was covering so your face. Bad. It was really messed up. And at the time, oh, I knew it was I'm messed so sad up. sad for you. No, I mean, I, <laughs> oh, kn- knew. Okay. I knew it was messed up. And okay. so I just kind of sat, like, stunned. But it's oh. okay to not want to have sex. Like, if, if you're not in the mood, why would you Why would you do something no, dishonestly? It's, like, it's like, you know, like, an, like a kind lie isn't better than an unkind truth, you know? Like, it's, it's if you're not in the mood, it's not going to do either of you good. No. No, absolutely. And it's so damaging, like I said, for you to feel like, well, what if I like, what, you know, does does that mean I'm, that I'm a slut if Mm -hmm. I want lots of sex, Mm -hmm. even uh, because I'm really apparently not supposed to. And what kind of message is it that I'm supposed to give something to my husband that I'm not really comfortable giving? Mm -hmm. That is so unhealthy. Totally. As a matter of fact, that is something that I told my daughters early on when they were seriously dating somebody or whatever, I said, look at you never in a married situation or, or unmarried situation, do anything that you, that makes you feel uncomfortable, that makes you feel degraded, that makes you feel that hurts. Mm -hmm. And, and you just stop it because that right there is, is absolutely dangerous and wrong and unhealthy. That is unhealthy. And no means no, even in marriage. And no means no, absolutely. Even in marriage. And that's a wonderful message. I'm glad you brought that up because that's important. <laughs> I think so too. So, yeah. That it's okay to want it and it's also okay to not, you know? It's okay. And, and you know, there's a negotiation time. I think that's what's... This brings a really good point. Okay. Because there are things that I know my husband asked for early in our marriage that I'm like, yeah, you know, no, don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not comfortable <laughs> with that. And then over time, as trust is built mm-hmm. and as confidence is built mm-hmm. and maybe even curiosity is built, then I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's okay. I'm good, you know? Mm-hmm. But it would never be anything ever that made me feel degraded. Right. That is just, you know, so harmful, like I said before. And so, but also know that no, no means no, but in a loving, trusting relationship it also means let's talk about it i'm not just going to shut you down and say i am and shame them and shame them for asking for having a fantasy or or something they're curious about exactly but to say like this is why i'm feeling no and like this these are kind of my hesitations or maybe this Mm -hmm. is a fear i have or maybe you know to talk about it It, exactly very good i'm glad you brought that up Mm. yeah excellent i think that is going to be one of the highlights of (laughs) is to say look at let's just talk about it i trust you Let's, let's navigate this. Um, and then, you know, I just remember reading in one of my books that this couple was going through this marriage counseling, sex counseling, and the, the husband said, the, the wife said, you know what, you never ask me for oral sex. And she said, and he replied, and he said, well, you told me you hate it. And she goes, well, that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would like it now. Mm-hmm. So obviously lack of communication, right. but also kind of a shift and a growing They're and a willingness to try. And changing and, exactly. Yeah. So, and that it would, yeah. And I think that's normal. Like it's not, it wouldn't be fun to just 
do the same old song and dance Mm -hmm. every single time. You know, it's like, that's not, you know, that's not progression. And I think as humans, as spirits, like we're beings of progression in all areas, right? Like I just feel like we were never meant to be stagnant in anything. Oh, absolutely. Um, And that brings, you know, emotional connections, which I think could be a whole entire podcast. So I didn't put it on my list. Okay. But to have that intimate connection with somebody where you feel that you you can communicate your sexual needs with them. You can also communicate your emotional needs. When you have a sexual connection and an emotional connection, that's when it's awesome. Right. That's awesomeness. Um, One, you know, one, a connection that could be purely physical and super hot and sexy is great, but can that overcome long-term? Can you keep that long-term? Can you not just be bored because it's just physical. Right. But when you add the emotional connection... It just deepens. And it's... Because yeah. it's... That emotional connection is risky, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's vulnerable. And that just kind of amps up everything. Right. And that doesn't have to go away over long periods of time. Right. So... so. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Next. Okay. I love this one for women. Okay. And that is you are responsible for your own sexual arousal. Okay. So don't expect your partner, if you're a person that's not highly spontaneous desire, high spontaneous desire, Mm -hmm. so you just, you know, don't look at, you look at a flower and go, whoa, I just, that turned me on, or you have a certain (laughs) smell. I mean, awesome if that's you, yay. (laughs) But that's a small percentage of women, that's Mm -hmm. most, I I don't know if this is a generalization, but it seems like it's most men that kind of have that spontaneous desire. But, but a lot of women have what's called responsive desire, which okay. means they're responding to arousal, to any kind of erotic um, template that you might have. That their partner is doing. Is that or you're that you're doing? doing for yourself. Okay. So you, every individual has their own erotic template. Okay. So you, you know, I think we've been taught that this is what is sexy. You know, we've talked about yes. this a lot already. But what's sexy for you and what makes you feel sexy might not make me, you know, wouldn't be sexy for me. Right. And so I love the thought of being responsible for our own arousal. That Mm -hmm. means if you feel like, golly, I just, it's been a while, I want to have sex. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, are you going to wait for your partner to start? Maybe he's given up at this point or whatever. So then you just do what it takes to feel that arousal and so it's as simple as having you know a a bath that you pamper yourself and you shave and you clean all your bits and parts (laughs) and you just kind of revel in your own private body and you just have um or it can be even simpler it could be turning on some music having some quiet time uh you know, there's lots of ways you can do it, but you have to find out what your own, what what kind of triggers you, what helps turn right. you on. I'll, and what I would say for sure is if you plant that idea out to your partner, if you start texting something sexy, mm-hmm. that does more for you, at least I would think, as, as it would your partner. It's sexy. It kind of gets you thinking about it. Right. I think women... Their biggest sex organ is their brain, and if you get the idea in your head that you want to have sex, mm-hmm. then you're going to have much better sex, and it's going to be great because you have spent the time to prepare yourself. I believe that. Yeah. 
And as you're having sex, keeping your brain there, right? Yes. And that so aroused. Again, we just focus. We let go of all the other, the world, and say, you know what? I just want to feel sexy, mm-hmm. and I want to have sex, and so I'm going to do what it takes to make sure it happens. If you know, mm-hmm. what if, what if two partners, their sexual template or whatever. What if it doesn't sink? What if it does that make sense? Yes, and that happens it's a like lot. It's like oil and water. So there's like a, mm. there's a huge differenti- differentiation, mm-hmm. right? You've got what someone would call a high sex desire person, and then you've got someone who you you would call a low desire person, or who has labeled themselves low desire, or who has behaved in a low desire way right yeah so a lot of times that's the problem is the differentiate it's not like this the low desire person which is a label Mm -hmm. but I'm going to just call it that for this explanation okay there's something wrong with me I just don't feel like it and this person saying there's something wrong with you you don't want sex enough I'm not you know I'm not having enough sex with you and so there's a lot of shame and guilt and anxiety in that kind of a relationship or situation. Mm-hmm. But the problem isn't, is the differentiation, right? Yeah. And so what can we do to bring that relationship in a closer, um, equal situation? So that's when I say, own your own desire. A lot of people walk around, well, I just don't have a lot of sex because I don't really have a lot of desire. Or I don't have a lot of desire. Um but what if they don't have desire because it's like so far it hasn't been good? Or does that make sense? It's just like, does that, especially for women right. who who have been conditioned this way and who are performing and all of these things, like what if it's just like never been good so it loses they well, lose the desire? It's like well, fun. and that's when you get into some serious stuff or problematic stuff because sometimes there are there are problems from. From your past, maybe. Right. I mean, I don't want to get in. I mean, there there's trauma, right? Which obviously I have no expertise on. So that would be have to deal with with professionals. Right. Sometimes it's repression because of upbringing that has to be worked through. Sometimes you have a partner who just has bad technique. So, so they're like, you know what? You don't wait for me. You're not patient. You're not loving. And so my experience with you hasn't been joyful. So you'd have to work through those issues if this is something you want to work through, if you want to make this work. Right. And so there's usually a reason. It's not like you've been cursed with low desire. I I think that there are levels of desire, but I think low desire... There's this great book by Emily Nagoski called Come As You Are. Emily Nagoski. Uh-huh. Okay. Can you, maybe you can put that on a link I will. or something. I will. I'll put it in the notes. But she talks about brakes and accelerators when it comes to arousal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't realize that we're not ar- easily aroused because we've got brakes. We've got something that's saying, whoa, wait a minute. What are the brakes? Well, they could be anything in your life. It could be, I'm absolutely exhausted. I feel unsupported by my partner. I'm doing all the work. Yeah. It could be, you know, there could actually be depression. There could be uh, things like, you know what? A hormonal imbalance. There could be there could be a hormonal imbalance. I mean, there could be a physical reason. A lot of times it's an emotional, it's an emotional break. You know, the kids are gonna walk in, mm-hmm. or I I don't feel good about my body. 
or I'm just pissed at you because you aren't, aren't helping me. Or I feel like I've heard a lot of my clients, like when I worked in aesthetics, I remember them saying a lot, like, my kids have been hanging on me all day long. Right. I'm like breastfeeding a baby. Mm-hmm. And like the last thing I want to do at night is to have my husband touch me. Right. It's just like, oh, don't I touch me. Don't touch me. Like, don't touch my boobs. Don't yeah, touch me. No. It's like, seriously. Like, I need my body back. It's, uh, you know, I remember those phases. I had four of my kids super close. And I remember that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And so, so how do what you do you want to do that? about that? Yeah. Well, the question is... What do you want to do? Do you want to work through it? Or do you just want to throw your hands up and say, this is what it is? Mm -hmm. So my point, I guess, is if you consciously want to make it work, then you figure out what it is that's holding me back. So that's when you have to know yourself and look into your own self, have a conversation with your partner, become intimate, become vulnerable, and go, you know what, I just, I am just exhausted and I don't want to be touched. So then you can say, well... We're going to accept it the way it is. Well, there's three options, right? You just leave the situation and say it's not going to work, which is obviously the hardest and the last option. Then there's a, what can we do to change the situation? So for in that situation, I would say like to my, my daughters with young kids, take time for yourself. Take time, leave your kids, find somebody, find a babysitter, take them to grandma and grandpa, Find some space where you can reconnect and be together mm-hmm. because that is a legitimate excuse, a legitimate feeling, but it's not an excuse to shut down sex. Okay. Unless you're okay with it. And the third choice is to say, this is what it is. This is the phase of life we're at. We'll just accept it as it is and not have any bad feelings about it mm-hmm. and deal with it later. So, there's lots of excuses and lots of reasons and lots of times we can blame the partner because they're not doing something. Sometimes that's a story that we have in our head that they are not doing, they're not fulfilling our needs. It, sometimes we need to let go of our stories and, and communicate. And again, a whole podcast on communication. I love that, yeah. <laughs> on communication, but... But I love that book because it talks about it as breaks. And when I and I when I read that, I thought, well, what are my breaks? Well, you realize, okay, my breaks are when my kids are around. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes me just want to. I have these maternal feelings, and I don't necessarily want to make my kids uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe don't do that or whatever. <laughs> so I recognize that, and as I got older, then I didn't have to worry about that so much. Uh, other breaks would be body image right Mm -hmm. I'd be like you know I'm not really feeling sexy and so it's easier if I just roll over and don't expose myself Mm -hmm. Um, you know that's there's just lots of reasons so maybe just for your listeners to figure out your breaks Mm -hmm. yeah and then there's the accelerators okay so if we have heavy on the brakes and we're not having any acceleration then we're really not going to go anywhere but if we kind of figure out our brakes let go of the brakes a little bit, resolve the brakes, mm-hmm. and then we think about our accelerators and we go, okay, this is what turns me on. And so I'm going to do that so that I can accelerate my desire. And then that will help if we go way back to the original question, the differentiation. Yeah. Then we can close that gap up a little bit. But I think um, this is a great example. I'm going to give you an example of a sister that I have. 
that really felt like something was wrong with her sex life because we got together for a sister's weekend and um, my we were, we were just talking about how often we were having sex, which is really a bad idea. I uh-huh. would not sit around. Don't talk and, about numbers. Don't talk about numbers. Yeah. <laughs> but so my sister's like, wow, we're only having sex like once a month. And so I'm feeling really bad. And so we, okay, let's go get some, mm-hmm. let's go to the sex store and get uh-huh. some kind of fun little whatevers, you know, some lingerie and maybe some toys that weren't intimidating. Mm-hmm. And so she took them home and she tried it out for a while. And then I asked her, I don't know, a couple of months later, I said, how did it go? And she goes, you know what? My husband and I both decided we love our once a month sex. It's really awesome. And we're comfortable with it. And we are happy with it that way. And so here she was feeling shame because she wasn't having enough sex, but her husband loved it that way. Right. That's their story, right? Right. And so, again. It's unique, yeah. And it's, it's, and it's so personal to you and your mm-hmm. husband. And, yeah, matching mm-hmm. that up. And matching that up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of work is involved, right? Right. To make, if you, especially if you have that gap. And so are you willing to do what it takes to kind of get some help if you feel like you need help to have the vulnerable conversations right to communicate about things that are hard mm-hmm. and to open yourself up and take that risk right and yeah just doing the things that are hard like the things that you're most afraid to say like you got to yeah. say those things mm-hmm. and like as soon as you say those like a weight's just like lifted it's like lets off just this like pent-up steam of just like oh, I don't I don't know how to say that or whatever right yeah and, and I, I remember last mm-hmm. time I was here we were talking about kind of voicing those I don't know just desires or or whatever concerns or whatever and you saying just explain it explain it to your husband of like I've I've been I don't know I never wanted to I've been conditioned to think that males have this ego and I never wanted to hurt that and you know and just explain where you're at of like maybe why you don't bring things up or you know like just be really open and Mm -hmm. say the things you're afraid to say and in my experience and tell me if it's yours your story was way off base. Yeah. You're like, what? That's mm-hmm. what you thought? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of come to this connection, and that's the connection and the intimacy. You do that little by little. You mm-hmm. open up a little vulnerability. Man, this is serious stuff we're talking about. Right. <laughs> I, it's okay. I, mean, I think it's good. Yeah. It flows as it will. Well, you know, you think you think it's a quick... I can just give you eight tips and it's going to be awesome. It's just because I have a, so many questions. Yeah, like, no. I can't, somebody can't talk to me without me asking a million no, questions. No, I love it because your questions are just perfect and they're bringing up really, really thoughtful questions. So well, thanks. I, love I think it. that's helping. Yeah. Okay, okay, next tip. Did we cover that one? Yes. All right, number seven. Okay. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, number seven's foreplay. Okay. I am a firm believer in foreplay. And here's a quote I made up. Well, I, I, this gonna... is my quote, and it may exist out there. I didn't double check. And we're all going to quote this Val Lyons yeah, this from now it. on. You can have great foreplay without having sex. Okay. I can attest to that. But you can't really have great sex without foreplay. Interesting. So I believe that. I am shocked at when I have conversations with friends. Like I'm starting to become, you know, the friend that you talk to, you know, have yeah, sex talk. Because you're the guru. Because I'm, yeah. <sighs> and when we talk about foreplay, I'm really shocked at how unnatural or how unpracticed that is mm-hmm. in a lot of couples' relationships, which shocks me because. 
I think that's what sex is all about is the foreplay. Right. And so I think foreplay is a, an important part of sex. Mm-hmm. Not that you can have sex without because that's sometimes awesome. A good old quickie is awesome uh-huh. sometimes because it's variety, it's different. But there's a lot of connection that you can have with foreplay because there's a lot of pleasure, a lot of different kind of pleasure that you can have with foreplay and right. a lot of emotional connection. And that's probably also something you're going to have to communicate about of like, this is what I like or like, I like more or mm-hmm. right. Like mm-hmm. to just kind of finding balance in that. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be again, and go- it's going to be something that you're going to navigate because you might have a partner that says, Oh my gosh, can we just get to the good stuff? Mm-hmm. And, but then teach them, you know, mm-hmm. just say, well, okay, just, let's just try this. Like, just try this. I think you really like it and give it a chance. And that's vulnerable, right? Right. To be able to say those kinds of things. Um, But you really can have a connection with foreplay and experience pleasure, Mm -hmm. which is crucial and the most important part that we're going to talk about next. Okay. I love that. So I saved the best for last. Let's talk about it. What is the best? <laughs> so of course we're going to talk about orgasm. Let's talk about <laughs> orgasm. Yay, orgasm. Um, I, very fitting that you saved it for the very end. Well, it's just kind of natural, right? Orgasm at the, the climax end. of the, the podcast. The climax of this eight, eight <laughs> items is orgasm. So orgasm is obviously... The most, I mean, it's just amazing and it's, it's static, but it causes a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ideas about what orgasms, how often you should have them, whether you're having them. There's right. a lot of stress. And so when I was talking about pleasure, we need to rethink the whole deal and have sex be the, have pleasure be the goal and not have orgasm be the goal. Right. Because when pleasure is the goal, orgasm can be a natural consequence. Okay. Orgasm is a sexual function. It is not pleasure in and of itself. It is a function. And so it takes... Um, well, there's just become a real stigma with orgasm mm-hmm. that I think has been, become a problem for women. That like... It's not good unless you orgasm or what? Right. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, t- you tell me what you think. Yeah, I think so. I think it's also just sometimes I think, and maybe this is my own stigma I've built up in my head. It just feels like that's so unfair that guys get it every single, you know, it's just like, and girls, it's like more work or maybe it's not more work. It's just. So I, I have a friend who likes to use the term orgasm is arbitrary not mandatory okay Uh, I like to use the word that orgasm is for women is a gift for man orgasm is mandatory for procreation right okay but for women it's not Mm -hmm. you don't have to have orgasm to get pregnant right and so it really is this wonderful gift that we have and but it's not mandatory and I think we are starting to think that it is and by thinking that we're stressing ourselves out Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. We're just like, wow, I gotta have an orgasm. I gotta have an orgasm. I gotta have an orgasm. And all of a sudden, you're just not paying attention to anything fun that's happening. Mm-hmm. And you 
it just kind of poof kind of disappears even the, the possibility might just poof and disappear right? right and so i think we need to relax a little bit to remember that sex isn't or an orgasm and enjoy sex and orgasms will happen more naturally and and not be so forced right and okay. not be so, cause so much anxiety right because it's just that anxiety that's like stopping you from having an orgasm wouldn't you say yeah so I, i'm trying to decide if i want to get this personal but you know when i when i got <laughs> when i got married and all of a sudden i can have all the orgasms i wanted without feeling guilty and and i can have orgasm through intercourse i'm so excited you know what it i was i just didn't have orgasm in my on, on my honeymoon because mm-hmm. i was like okay I can have, you know, uh-huh. I was just like, I have it's to, gonna be I even have better. to, yeah. it's going to be so great. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I was kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. And so it was when I finally kind of relaxed a little bit and enjoyed and just not just jumped straight into intercourse that it was much more successful for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really when we think of orgasm, I guess a lot of times we have images that have been put in our minds through movies and with exposure or whatever. Right. That you just have hot orgasm when you're having intercourse, right? Mm-hmm. Well, physiologically, that's not the most successful percentage for women to have an orgasm. Right. Only 30% of women can have reliable orgasms through intercourse. Why is that? Well, because it's... It, because of where your clitoris is when you're it's not really being stimulated through so 30 percent of women just ha- it's positioned in a way that they can 30 percent of women well if you experiment with different kinds of positions you've increased your odds okay. right and so but if you just do it missionary style or whatever style that you kind of Im- image have mm-hmm. an imagination to have is just like wow that looks really hot on this particular love scene but you know there's no stimulation of the clitoris right there so right. i don't know how she just was able to do that right right, right. <laughs> so if you re- if you realize those statistics mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't feel like maybe there's something wrong with you if you're not having orgasm through intercourse all the time right and there's lots of different ways to have orgasm and recognize that most women need to have different kind of stimulation to have orgasm. And that's okay. And mm-hmm. that's a wonderful thing. And the wonderful thing about it is you get to figure out what way that is for you. So what would you suggest to women who are don't even know where to turn to figure that out? Well, here again, I just have to say that I'm not a sex therapist, but here's what I would tell my daughters if they were having a problem with that and here's what I've told them yeah is first of all just explore your body learn Mm -hmm. your body know where everything is figure out where your clitoris is right explore and feel and find out what kind of pressure what feels good Mm -hmm. what um feels comfortable to you Mm -hmm. and then you can from there kind of teach your partner and say, you know what, I like this, or will you try this? I think this might feel really good. And then just be open to try things that would stimulate you and kind of get you there. Okay. So, and 
I'm not going to give any more information, but when we had a conversation with sisters all together, all my daughters, you know, everybody kind of had their thing mm-hmm. that worked for them. Right. And so it was funny. These are sisters. Right. And they're like, well, I like this. Uh-huh. And I like, and this works for me. Uh-huh. And, and this works for me. I and love this that your doesn't. daughters can talk like oh, that. Oh, it's, it's That's awesome. just refreshing. It's very awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. I don't know. We, we don't usually include, we can't include dad in some of our right. <laughs> But anyways, so I, that would be my tips would be to mm-hmm. just, to give yourself a chance to know yourself, to discover what works for you, to relax, to let go of the expectations, to explain to your partner you know, my goal isn't an orgasm. Please don't. There's a lot of men who feel a lot of um, pressure or esteem if they give their their partner an orgasm. Right. Off. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I rock at this, and so mm-hmm. they're working so hard. And if they don't, it's such like a blow to their. Well, ego, it's a blow right? to them, and yeah. then it's a it's a it's kind of a, a shameful thing for mm-hmm. the partner. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry, you know, mm-hmm. that that didn't happen. That's not a, that's not, that's not helpful. Mm-mm. That is not helpful. So accept your own arousal, like take responsibility for your own arousal. Take responsibility for your, or your own orgasms. Tell your partner it's not their job. They can, you can teach them the things that work. You can tell them the things you don't like so that they don't do it. Mm-hmm. But make sure that... It is not the goal mm-hmm. because that just puts unneeded pressure and it takes away from the, the journey, right? Mm-hmm. The journey is the pleasure. The orgasm at the end is the cherry on top. Right. right? I love that. <laughs> I love so. that. Thank you so much. Yes, that was lots of fun. Lots I of know. I loved it. I'm like already, If I guess the listeners will have to get in touch with me and tell me if you want more information or if there should be a podcast number two or one on communication or whatever but I'm keep wanting Val to write a book or have her own podcast or something because I feel like you have the best information and the best answers to questions well I think I my kids persuaded me to start an Instagram really which have you started it yet so I barely started ah, it. I'm so excited can we yes. know the name yeah the name how do we find you called Pink positively. Pink positively. So, and it is ends in two E's. Like okay. my middle name is Lee. Mm-hmm. So pink positively. Tively. Just barely started. I love it. But I'm actually really excited about it because I have so many thoughts and I write mm-hmm. them down and I do have lots of notes. And I do, mm-hmm. one day I put it out there that I want to write a book. You know, because I've read a lot of books by experts and therapists and psychotherapists and blah, and they're so technical and they're great and I learned a lot. But that's not my message. My message is, you know what? You can have hot sex with the same person for a very long time Mm -hmm. and it can be the most joyful, pleasurable, emotionally connecting experience and it it can happen. Mm -hmm. And... It's a possibility, and it is better than... It's the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's my hope for every every couple. Me too. Or for every person to have to have joyful sex and to know that it can last a lifetime. Right. And that we don't have to give up on it. 
but that it is a conscious effort that you do create it mm-hmm. that it's not going to happen by accident it's not going to happen without some work maybe some tears maybe some vulnerability maybe some intervention if you need it some professional intervention but it's possible and it's worth all it's worth it I love so. that. Thank you. Pink yeah. positively. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find you right after this and follow you. <laughs> that would and be so awesome. And all of the listeners, go find Val. She's the best. All right. Well, thank you. Thank so you for being fun. on. That was so wow. much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we covered it all. We covered a lot. We and did. <laughs> I hope that that I've been some... Well, you've been helpful for me. So if, okay, if anything, I got something out of this. But I know that people will. So thank you. All right. Thanks, Amy. So I want to add a little PS on the end of this show because before I was leaving Val's, she remembered that she was going to give you guys a really, really, really good tip for Valentine's Day, a really cheap tip for spicing things up a little bit. So I wish that she was the one here giving you this tip and she was, we recorded it, but somehow I can't find the recording and I'm sick about it. But her tip is this, get a red light bulb. She says you can get them at Home Depot, so many different stores, a red light bulb, Amazon. She says it's one of her absolute favorite Valentine's Day tips and one of her longest standing traditions, which I thought was so much fun. Um, And it's so cheap, but she says it really just softens the light and So you don't have to be intimate. You don't have to have sex in pitch black. And if you're nervous to have it in broad light, she says it's such a good alternative and so fun and themed for Valentine's Day. So that's there for you. I'm so grateful for Val for being on the podcast. It was so much fun to talk to her. If you guys want to reach out to her, you heard her. Her Instagram is pinkpositively and L-E-E on the positively on Instagram. Um, If you guys think it would be fun to have her on the podcast again, or if you're having specific questions, or if you think there's a topic we could cover, reach out to me and tell me. I would love to hear from you. And even if it's a topic or a subject that isn't sex related, if you guys have any questions or you think there would be a fun idea for me to cover reach out to me I love hearing from you I love hearing your ideas and questions you guys have so I'm grateful for you guys listening to this show I'm grateful for Val and I will see you next time and that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to the cafe binge podcast until next time may you notice all the wonderful beautiful binge worthy parts of your day squeeze out every last drop taste them cherish them because life was meant to be beautiful. Find me at cafebinge.com or on Instagram at cafebinge. Take me out to Cafe Binge tonight.